Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Believe it or not, spring is right around the corner, which means diet, food, and fitness marketers will soon begin pressuring women to swap their favorite foods with lower-calorie, lower-carb, and lower-sugar alternatives to help them, quote, get their beach bodies back. They'll also encourage men to hit the gym with a protein shake to help melt away their winter weight. But despite the stubborn longevity of those tropes of women as diet-focused and men as fitness-focused, a new report from Murphy Research suggests they are oversimplified and may miss the mark, not only costing companies sales, but potentially doing long-term damage to their brands and consumer self-image, as well as their approach to health. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Murphy Research's Director of Syndicated Research, Sarah Marion, shares insights from the group's latest State of Our Health report, Exploring Gender Differences in Food and Fitness, which debunks some of the myths about how men and women approach diet and nutrition and finds a kernel of truth in other long-held beliefs on the topic. She also shares what diet and fitness-related marketing messages best motivate men and women, including specific functional claims and how the emerging interest in mental wellness factors into health-minded consumers' purchase decisions. So every month going back to 2018, Murphy Research gathers insight about health and wellness in America from 1,000 people older than 13 years to create a massive quantitative and qualitative data set from which it can tease out evolving consumer insights for subscribers and to create its quarterly state of our health report. Hoping to understand how gender influences people's approach to fitness and nutrition and potentially bust a few unfavorable and possibly harmful stereotypes, the latest quarterly state of our health report takes a deep dive into how men and women leverage nutrition to attain their health goals. Uh, there's a lot of stereotypes around uh, gender and how men and women approach um, nutrition, dieting, etc. And um, I was hoping to disprove some of those. <laughs> and I will say that um, some of them I think we did, but uh, a lot of our findings uh, showed that you know, some of those stereotypes have kernels of truth. Among the stereotypes that Murphy Research pulls apart in its latest report are the deeply rooted beliefs that men favor fitness over diet as a tool to manage their health and that women favor diet over fitness. The reality, as Marianne explains, is much more complicated and may surprise some. For example, the report finds that while men do tend to be more engaged with fitness and women do tend to be more engaged with nutrition, men are actually more likely to follow and stick to a formal diet than women. There were some interesting, I will call them misbusted. Uh, for, for one, we've been tracking consumers' uh, engagement with different types of diets and formal food plans for a long time. And during the pandemic, uh, if you recall, it seems like a long time ago, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of Americans went on a diet um, and then dropped it very quickly. <laughs> um, but the, what we found is that uh, women, you know, 
picked up a diet and then left it behind. But more men since early in the pandemic have uh, remained engaged with some type of formal food plan than women to the extent that um, among dieters, it's actually more, uh, men are more common than women. I should say there's a higher percentage of men than women who uh, say that they're following some type of formal food plan. And that was really interesting to us given, I think, all the stereotypes around women and dieting. Even before the pandemic, Murphy Research's state of our health data showed that men were more likely to follow a formal food plan than women. In the third quarter of 2019, 34% of nutritionally engaged men followed a formal food plan compared to 31% of women. When the pandemic hit in the first quarter of 2020, the gap between men and women closed with 37% of men following a diet and 35% of women doing the same. But as Marianne noted, by the third quarter of 2021, the gap had returned and was more significant than before, with 46% of men following a formal diet and only 36% of women doing so. This difference might be related to how men approach dieting and what they want from it. Men are much more likely to kind of combine fitness and nutrition engagement. Um, And when they come to nutrition, it's often through fitness. They've been engaged with fitness and then um, they become engaged with nutrition. So they're layering these aspects of wellness kind of on top of each other. And what we see when that happens is that that tends to increase people's engagement in both areas, right? Um, But because uh, they're more likely to have been, we're still talking about men, more likely to have been involved with sports from an early age, physical health and fitness in particular has been more important to them for for longer. Um, They come to nutrition with these, uh, they're more likely to come to nutrition with these kind of instrumental needs related to physical health, related to fitness. And so food is about supporting um, this about supporting fitness because fitness is kind of their primary health modality, I would say. Uh, there's some differences in how men and women conceive of what a diet is. Um, we also found that um, women have more needs when it comes to nutrition, so they are more likely to use nutrition um, out of a, a range of motivations that go from not just losing weight, but also, you know, improving moods, relieving stress, uh, improving my personal appearance, sleeping better. So all kinds of different motivations, whereas men are, are much more instrumental. They're more likely to be focused on some kind of specific medical goal or uh, kind of that classic living a higher quality of life for longer or, again, more of a physical health, uh, improving my fitness performance uh, type of approach. So a little bit more instrumental Um, around nutrition, men are compared to women. Given men's intentions when it comes to diets and the role of nutrition in their health, Marion said that men are more likely than women to look for quote-unquote shortcuts when it comes to better-for-you foods, specifically call-outs for organic and all-natural. She also noted that products likely would resonate better with men if the companies better understood the signals men use to determine healthfulness and their goals in using a specific product. Men, um, so we see in our data that men are more likely to look for, uh, call it it is the best word. They want to see the word, you know, organic and natural on the box. They want to see that this suits 
you know, a paleo diet or whole 30 diet or what have you, even if they're not necessarily doing those, it's a, it's a shortcut to understanding what that product is going to do for them and uh, kind of the, the characteristics of the product, right? Is it high protein? Is it low carb, et cetera? Organic is, we know that is a shortcut for clean ingredient panel. And uh, women are less, not to say that women aren't interested in those types of things too, but um, they are more likely to say that uh, um, having real food ingredients is more important. They're more likely to look for the presence of, um, you know, vegetables, whole grains, fruits in a particular type of food. Um, so again, they're, they're a little bit more concerned about those specific ingredient items. Um, and to me, this... Uh, this really fits in with the ways that we know about how men and women shop, too. Um, <laughs> this is another myth that I'd love to bust. <laughs> but um, uh, over and over, you know, we see that men do this more grab-and-go type of shopping, whereas women are more likely to look around and browse and compare and, uh, you know, price compare, look at different types of ingredients. And um, I think that that is uh, – it probably has less to do with gender and more to do with who is more likely to be the main shopper of the household – but even so, we know that men are more likely to go in and just uh, grab what they want and get out um, and aren't taking as much time to do all of that work and learning about differences between products. And so um, that kind of preference for those call-outs and certifications and buzzwords are really suits that style of shopping. They know, they get a sense very quickly of what it is, and then um, that's all that they really need to know, whereas women are, uh, you know, let's go back to men. So if you're speaking to men, you want to make sure that um, what you've got on your package um, resonates with what they're looking for, that it, that it has the right, that it's signaling it's um, uh, the kind of product that men want, whether, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, low car or whether it's uh, aligning with a certain style of eating or whether it's just a natural food with a clean label, right? You don't want to have – if you're trying to get men to buy your product, you don't want to have to make them turn over the package just because it seems like they're less likely to do that. Um, and then uh, men really do uh, prefer structure. And so, again, um, if you can communicate that um, your product suits a certain style of eating quickly um, on the front of the package, then that is going to uh, resonate with men as well. Beyond claims and shortcuts that resonate with men looking for nutrition to support their fitness, Marion suggests brands consider how images on their packaging portrays male fitness and if it unintentionally limits its appeal or worse, alienates potential consumers. I, I believe that it's true that men still don't want something that looks too girly, right? Even if the, you know, the product is marketed the same if there's a men's and a woman's version that is completely identical. Men want it to look a little bit more masculine. Um, but that, that aside, I think that um, when you're talking about those very uh, kind of generic, like uh, that generic imagery of like the fit man body, I think that that probably misses the mark with some people. Um, and this isn't necessarily related to nutrition, except in that everything kind of 
is linked together. But men's um, engagement with fitness, I think that it probably changes more than women's throughout the course of their lives. And so while uh, when they're young, um, uh, men are more likely to be interested in building muscle and looking good, um, uh, kind of the, um, your kind of classic men's gym concerns, uh, that declines with age. Um, so, you know, by the time most men hit about 40, uh, the main exercise they're doing is walking, which is the same as women. Um, but because they've been so involved, um, more so than women, again, this is all just in comparison, they've been more involved with competitive sports, with that kind of strength-building culture from an earlier part of their lives. I think that um, what that fitness engagement looks like uh, varies a lot more than women's over the course of their lives. And so that means that older men, um, they may not resonate with some of those like hyper buff imagery um, that you just mentioned because uh, it just doesn't reflect their experience and they have different types of needs nutritionally to support their fitness goals. Again, we're still talking about like, men, so they want their nutrition to support their fitness and to, to support their physical health, but they have different needs now. Um, they're not young men anymore and yet all the products out there uh, for men are really um, often very much focused on, on needs that are defined by young men. And that's probably a missed opportunity because men certainly have different physical needs than women as they age. And there's still, I think, the drive there um, that's like young men. You know, there's still the competitive drive. There's still the things that motivated them um, to do fitness when they were young. But, uh, but life is different once you're older. And so I think understanding that change will help um, products, particularly those that have a message that ties into fitness and physical health, um, the understanding how those changes impact men's choices at the store um, and among products will help brands kind of maintain that engagement as men age. The hyper-buff male imagery, as Marianne called it, also likely is a turnoff for some women who are looking for a nutrition to support their fitness. She explained this is a missed opportunity for brands looking to expand their consumer base who could do so by opting instead for unisex imagery. Younger women, more likely than in the past, to be engaged with fitness now, um, uh, which means that they're looking to some of those uh, fitness-focused nutritional products, um, you know, like protein shakes, like protein powder, like supplements, um, that have been traditionally marketed to men. Um, but uh, I think that that is probably a relatively untapped market. Um, younger women uh, who want nutrition to support fitness in ways that are similar to men, but um, have, uh, you know, the aisle is dominated by very male-oriented products. Um, I'm thinking specifically or of um, all of the, like, pre- and post-workout mixes that I've seen in consumers' homes. They're very aggressive-looking. Um, and I suspect that there's an untapped market among women for products like that that are more tailored to what women are looking for from fitness, which is still different from men, even when they're younger. Um, and then, you know, because women are uh, more likely to be avoiding, particularly um, those markers of processed foods, like artificial ingredients, 
preservatives, artificial flavors, that kind of thing. Um, that also, uh, if you go to the um, kind of active nutrition category, there's a lot of those types of ingredients in those products. And so uh, kind of clean label uh, active nutrition, I think, is, um, uh, would be compelling to women. Um, compelling to men, too, but because women are more likely to try to avoid those things, um, we know that they're looking for them on the package. I do think that there's probably a market for a unisex powder because um, the, other more com the other complication here is that uh, women, especially younger women, I think, um, who have grown up with this message, don't, we don't always want to be marketed to separately. And so if there is the same product but one is pink, a lot of women know that that product's going to cost more, even if it's the same as the men's. Um, <clears throat> the pink tax, right? So I think for um, if you're trying to appeal particularly to younger consumers, then um, having one product that uh, is, can go both ways is, might even be your best bet because a lot of women um, might not want the, the fact that there's a separate product just for them, even if it's the same, is probably a turnoff. Another common stereotype that Marion's team examined was the belief that women diet to improve their appearance and to lose weight. And while they found that this is true, with 63% of nutrition-engaged women saying their weight motivates them to follow a diet, it's not the whole truth. According to Murphy Research, women are more likely than men to see diet as almost a panacea or a way to manage everything, from mood and energy to disease prevention to weight management to even improving their self-esteem. Specifically, the report found 78% of women use diet to manage their mood and energy level, with 61% saying they're motivated to diet to feel better, 43% to boost their energy, 37% to sleep better, and 33% to improve their mood or reduce stress. Likewise, 63% use diet as a preventative tool, and 45% use it to fend off future medical issues, and 32% to boost immunity. And finally, 47% use nutrition to bolster their self-esteem, either to improve their looks, as noted by 40%, or to be more confident, as noted by 26%. According to Marion, this is arguably too much pressure to place on nutrition. You know, women want more out of their food than men. They're looking for their diet to solve more problems. Um, and that's not a, um, a bad way to see your diet, especially considering, um, you know, everything we know about food is medicine, like your diet is really key to, to well-being. But it could be that um, uh, it sets the stakes a little bit too high. So if you're looking to your diet to solve everything from, as I mentioned, like mood and energy, to sleep, to immunity, to weight, to confidence, um, uh, you might be setting yourself up for some failure. Uh, and, I, and because women are more likely to do that, I think that, again, that, that makes it feel like it's more of a struggle. Their diet isn't doing all the things from it that they want it to do. A primary way that women try to achieve their goals through diet is by restricting what they consume, 
much more so than men. According to Murphy Research, women on average restrict 5.9 items from their diet compared to men who restrict 5.2 items. Top among those items are sugar, which is restricted by 49% of women, fried foods and soda, which each are avoided by 35% of women, carbohydrates, which 30% of women avoid, and calories, which 27% of women restrict. Based on these insights, Marion says diet and health brands trying to reach women will likely have more success if they make clear functional claims, offer clean ingredients, and offer positive messaging. For women, because they are looking to their diet to solve so many problems, I think that functional claims um, are are really compelling to them. Um, and there's obviously some categories where they suit more than others, but um, the combination of, of you know, functional claims around some of those needs they have, the, the desires they have for nutrition, around mood and energy, around, you know, boosting immunity, which we've seen skyrocket in importance since COVID, um, weight maintenance, and, and, and beauty from within, right? I think those uh, speak to that wider set of needs that women are looking for their diet to, to solve. Um, and then women are pickier about their ingredients. Um, so they, uh, are avoiding more foods and, um, and they're, they're avoiding particularly key, key indulgent type foods like sugar, fried foods, dessert, soda, that kind of thing. Um, but they are also, uh, looking to avoid markers of processed foods. So, um, they're looking for something different, I think, in terms of that, that label on the side, more clean label, um, more natural ingredients, uh, and then, of course, those products tend to be more expensive, and so I think it's no surprise that women feel a little bit more price sensitivity around food, too. Um, <clears throat> so th- those, are all, uh, those are all important things to remember. Um, so if you're, if you're talking to women, it might, not, um, it might not be as useful to, you know, put all of the diets that your product <laughs> Uh, fits in with on the side, whereas that's something that men might be more might be looking for. But you do you need to have the ingredient panel to back up what you're saying. You need to have positive nutrition because you know they're looking at that part of the package. Um, and then I think kind of a on a larger scale, like communication that um, speak to uh, women's knowledge around nutrition because they are more likely to be engaged with nutrition. They're more likely to have been engaged with nutrition for a longer time than men. Um, You know, things that build confidence. You know this already. um, And here, uh, you know, we're helping you do the thing that you already know you want to do. Uh, Positive messages that build confidence, right, that reinforce their knowledge, that highlight that health is worth investing in. I think those kinds of things speak nicely to women. Because I think sometimes they need a little bit more um, uh, permission, uh, I think is probably the best word, to spend on something that meets their criteria, um, whereas uh, men are a little bit more willing to spend um, to support their goals. Women are often balancing more uh, considerations when it comes to how they're shopping for food in particular. Um, and so, you know, they need, they're, they're looking for a little bit more kind of ROI in terms of the products they select. 
With that in mind, Marion reiterates that brands looking to connect with women around dieting, health, and nutrition likely will have better luck leveraging positive messaging that helps them build their confidence, reinforce their knowledge, and show them many different ways that investing in their health is helpful and should be a priority. Murphy Research's Exploring Gender Differences in Food and Fitness provides a wealth of additional information and is definitely worth checking out for more detail at murphyresearch.com slash state dash of dash our dash health slash overview. There you'll find not only this report, but you can see past research and learn more about the benefits of subscribing to the syndicated data set to advance insights specific to your brand, category, or target consumer. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and will join me again for a future installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week. 